2: Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production
1: of Intercom Communications.
4: Welcome to Special Edition, I'm Paula Dagnan. Today we are going to meet Bruce Spencer and Philip Hawthorne. Bruce is the president of Equines for Freedom, Philip, a board member, and also someone who has been able to benefit from the program. Also joining us today, the U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Pennsylvania, David Freed. He recently took part, along with members of AARP and the FBI, on a phone call that brought together 10,000 residents in the state of Pennsylvania, all talking about scams that they've encountered. He'll tell us what they've learned and some great tips so you don't get scammed. We're starting off on special edition today by meeting Samantha Abod. She is an orthodontist in the Scranton area. February is Children's Dental Health Month. Samantha is the president of the 3rd District Dental Society of Pennsylvania as well as the president of the Scranton Dental Society. She brought along a special helper with her today. We'll also introduce you to Eulina Bellis. Now let's find out about getting our kids started off on the right tooth. Samantha, it is February, and that is Children's Dental Health Month. And being an orthodontist, you see them when they get to be a little bit older. But what can you give an idea to parents so that they're going to have their children's teeth good when they're young because they're going to need
3: them when they get older? Right,
4: absolutely. Early
3: interventions are really the most important We usually say in the dental field that children should be evaluated at about a year old. That gets them comfortable in their dental home. And it could be as simple as just sitting on their parents' lap and having an evaluation done. And then as the patient becomes more comfortable, maybe at their second birthday, then they can have a a prophylaxis, a cleaning, and a
4: full exam. And then it just gets easier from there. When you have an infant, isn't there also things to be aware of Before even teeth come in? Absolutely. If the child is eating, then there is a
3: potential bacterial source in their mouth. So it's really important that after they finish a meal, whatever that may be, to clean the mouth out with maybe uh, a warm washcloth. Or I know they sell little uh, plastic toothbrushes that are okay for infants. And you just want to clean the gums and the surrounding structures to make sure they're free of debris and, and bacteria and plaque. What about baby bottles? Oh, baby bottles—they are our savior <laughs> sometimes, but sometimes. they can also uh, be a detriment if a child's being put to bed at night with a bottle containing sugar. Um, that will just sit in the oral cavity and start the the process of decay. So it's really important that if you are putting your child to bed with a soothing device like a bottle, maybe just water in it would be best.
4: And it's um, when we when we think about that too—that's even before teeth are showing.
3: Absolutely. And again, it's all about the balance of the microbiome. It starts in the mouth and it travels through to the digestive tract. So everything's
4: connected and we want it all to be healthy. That's another thing too, when children are small and, and, you know, the bottles are a big help as long as we are using things like water. Mm -hmm. But from your perspective as an orthodontist, Mm -hmm. are things like binkies and can they cause problems down the
3: road? So as long as they're discontinued in a timely fashion, you're hitting those milestones when you should discontinue a bottle and maybe go to a sippy cup and you should discontinue the soother like a pacifier. Usually then the bone can compensate and grow in a normal way as long as there's not some sort of... Self, self-soothing uh, type of habit, like sucking your thumb or something like that. But if, if one of those habits persists beyond, let's say, age one or two, then it can really start to affect the formation of the upper jaw and the lower jaw and the development of the teeth and where they come into those jaws. So it's really important to kind of hit milestones, not only neurologically, but also milestones
4: in terms of discontinuing parafunctional habits. There are a lot of parents, at any given point in time that may say, oh, I don't worry about that. It's only baby teeth. They're going to eventually fall out. We don't have to. Is that a good thing?
3: But baby teeth live inside of adult jaws. So it's really important to remember that the jaw structure can be changed Um but also, newly erupting teeth can be affected if decay is significant enough to reach the pulp of a primary tooth. It can extend into the, the crown of an erupting permanent tooth. So, you know, disease can be a very dangerous thing, but parafunctional habits can also
4: be a very dangerous thing in terms of jaw development. What happens when the fact that some children, when they are first developing their teeth, they come in and they're soft, or maybe they come in and they're already decayed? So, genetics has a
3: huge role to play in the development of teeth. And so, you'll find that intrinsic color can be different from human to human, and Intr- intrinsic structure of tooth can be different. So, if we can do everything we can to Protect and strengthen the enamel rather than allow an acid attack on the enamel. And, and the bacteria in the mouth, once they get that sucrose, that sugar food source, they start to produce acid. That acid is what's wearing down the enamel. So if we can remove that acid attack,
4: then we can have stronger, healthier enamel as well. And then what happens when children get to be a little bit older? I can remember. Way back in the day when I was growing up and we had the fluoride tablets mm-hmm. and we had all kinds of things like that. Has all of that changed? Is it good? Is it bad? Um everything in moderation
3: and that's just anything in life. So a fluoridated toothpaste is not a bad thing. Some fluoride supplements, not a bad thing. A lot of the water supply here in northeast Pennsylvania is not fluoridated intrinsically. So we have a very low risk of fluorosis um, and that's when that fluoride molecule kind of comes in and strengthens your enamel by creating a different structure. but we have a really low risk of that. So I think just using a normal fluoridated toothpaste and following your doctor's recommendations on supplements of fluoride, it really is not a bad thing. It's when you start to consume it in excess that it becomes a problem.
4: One of the things, too, is when we talk about, and you mentioned this earlier, taking children to the dentist for the first time mm-hmm. and sitting on their parents' lap. and But then again... Parents don't always want to go to the dentist. <laughs> we're not that bad, guys. No, we're no, not no that bad. absolutely not. I know. My favorite saying is, "When you smile, thank your dentist." So yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, thank you. That's abs- awesome. Abs- That's absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> but when when you're dealing with children and they're going in, are there things because they there are noises now, mm-hmm. and what if I need a uh, what if I have a cavity and I need are there things that you can do to prepare them a little bit better? I think education is always the best way to prepare
3: people. So the events that we have coming up, we're doing limited screenings, but we're also doing a lot of educating. And dentistry has morphed so much over the past 50 or 60 years. The procedures that used to be excruciating are now tolerable. And and sometimes people say... Getting their teeth cleaned is one of the most enjoyable things they do. So um, it's not so stigmatized anymore. And I think just getting the word out and getting people comfortable with that idea can help everybody to feel good in their dental home.
4: And in the area that you're dealing with in the Scranton area, the Scranton area dental society, Mm -hmm. you have a whole month that you're mm-hmm. doing all kinds of different things. And where would someone be able to find a list? Are, would there be a list so of, of everything There that's is a list on our website.
3: Um, there is a list on our Facebook. And um, you could certainly reach out to me at any time. <laughs> and I, I could provide you dates and locations. Um, but we have a tremendous membership that all comes together in a volunteer effort to just get the word out about what can be done now in dentistry, not only how to take care of yourself, but dentistry as a career as well. So we're just trying to get people to understand that it's it's not this
4: scary thing, but it's actually a, a pretty cool thing to do. Well it certainly is, especially when you get to be a little bit older <laughs> and we want to smile for our prom pictures. That's right. You have somebody That's here right. with you. I'd like I you do. to introduce us to this lovely
3: young lady here. Who is this? This is Eulina Bellis. She is my daughter. She's eight years old Years old, and she has been helping me with National Children's Dental Health Month now for the past three
4: years. Welcome, Yelena. Hi. Nice to have you here. You do. Well, you have a beautiful smile. I wish everyone could see it, but we're radio. <laughs> Maybe you could give us, from the young person's perspective, how do you brush your teeth? Um, I brush my teeth
2: on um two, two for two minutes. And um, you brush
4: them on the top and the bottom and the inside and in your tongue. Oh, two minutes—that's a long time. Do you sing a song? Um, yes. What do you sing, sing? you sing? Cavity creeps take a hike. Cavity creeps will take a bite. Out of your teeth, if you do brush them right, cavity creeps gone for the night. Wow, that's wonderful. That's a. I, I, I think we're going to get a lot of calls for people <laughs> who are going to want that. I know you kind of are biased because you have a mom (laughs) who has a dental office but what about your friends do your friends are they afraid of going to the dentist um no not really they like it yeah yeah and when they smile can you tell whether they're happy about going or whether they're just saying that because your mom's a dentist
2: i can tell that sometimes
4: they're really happy about going to the dentist Uh, what's your favorite part cleaning the cleaning of the teeth oh because they feel so good afterward Mm -hmm. all right all right well i'm gonna let you tell everybody out there in your best eight-year-old voice (laughs) don't be afraid to go to the dentist
3: Don't be
2: afraid to go to the dentist.
4: Good. Yeah, that's why I keep her around. And we have a cheerleader
3: in the background (laughs) that no one can hear. because Michael Bellis is here too. And he's just being quiet. Yes. (laughs) He's just taking it all in. Taking it all in. Tell us how we can find... Our dental society. It's scrantondental.org. That's our website. You can check our newsletter. And that'll give you a full list of events that we have coming up in Scranton, Carbondale. Um, There are a bunch of different locations. Uh, Dixon City, I can't think of all of them right now because Cindy Cox, who does a lot of our marketing things, she really put together a beautiful list for us this year. Several different counties are participating in a similar type of thing, but in Lackawanna County, there are maybe about five or six times um, that I can tell you will be at McDonald's locations, and that'll, that'll be fun for everyone.
4: Thanks again to Samantha Abod and Eulena Bellis for joining us to give us details about Children's Dental Health Month. And it's been said, when you smile, thank your dentist. Now, don't go away. Coming up next, we're going to tell you about a program called Equines for Freedom and how it is geared toward helping veterans. We have Bruce and Philip joining us. Don't go away. More special edition to come. Welcome back to Special Edition, and thanks for joining us today. Now, if you're a veteran, or if you know a veteran, you may want to remember Equines for Freedom. It's a new program geared toward helping veterans who may be having some emotional issues. We're going to meet Bruce Spencer, who's the president of Equines for Freedom, as well as Philip Hawthorne. He's a board member and is a veteran who recently went through the program. Philip has quite a story to tell and Bruce can give you more details about the program itself.
1: We've been doing what we've been doing for just about five years. About five years ago two ladies, one a the therapist and one a horse specialist decided there's something had to be done about the number of veterans, primarily veterans, committing suicide they put their heads together and they came up with something like equines for freedom and here we are now about five years later doing pretty well
4: give us a little bit of the how well you said two ladies got together so how did all of this come to northeast pennsylvania are they originally from here
1: both of them are from this this part of the country uh ann lewis is our head therapist uh, she was involved uh with uh, was it about five or six years ago when the number of Reservist from up in, uh, I believe, Susquehanna County was killed overseas Mm -hmm. and something like that. And she went in there as a therapist to help out. And she just decided we got to do something about this. I was telling her or asking her recently, I said, how do you get started? She said, I prayed about it. And that's how she got, she said, I prayed for an answer on this. Really? And Heather is a horse lady and they were somehow friends or something, but Heather's best friend, I believe if I got it correctly, heaven's best friend's husband had committed suicide. So they both were at a, at this point at about the same time they put their heads together we got to do something about this and that's how was, that was the genesis of it so where does this where's the base the base is we work out a marley's mission up in we it's it's basically falls pennsylvania but we say it's clark summit a marley's treats children with trauma up to about the age of 10 and uh, we take adults, primarily veterans, and then we added on here recently, we'll take first responders as well. And we treat them with post-traumatic stress. We treat it for, we do it for free. We don't, they don't charge, we don't charge anything. We raise all our money through fundraisers and donations and grants. And uh, so coming up, we're gonna have a gun, a gun shoot. Uh, I guess you call it a gun shoot, but it's gonna be a, a shotgun shoot probably in uh, late, May in June we're going to have a wine festival, and in August we'll have a golf tournament. And okay. there are there are the three main ones we do, and uh, but we rely on donations as well.
4: And when you when all of this started, I guess the catalyst was the veterans, and as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Marley's mission, mm-hmm. and a lot of people know about Marley's mission, right, right? So it just seemed to be very natural that everything went together.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, we we essentially. Uh, there's an arena that was built essentially for us on their land. We use their horses. So we're, you know, they, they just support us in, in any way they can. And uh, it's, 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 a, it's a real good marriage between us and them. Uh, something I heard here just the last couple of days that, that uh, kind of blew me away. I, I saw something uh, that said that there's been more veterans have committed suicide than we lost in Vietnam. Wow. We lost, we lost like 58,000 people in Vietnam. I saw the number was 60. Something like that. So that that takes your heart, you know. Mm-hmm. And the number is still approximately twenty-two a day, but that number right there, when you add it all up, that's that's really something we need to work on.
4: So you've been doing this for five years. Five years, and about how many veterans have gone through the program?
1: We've done about a hundred veterans, and maybe about five or six first responders. You now we've we started with two, and we worked our way up as far as you know, again. We're funded by ourselves. We don't charge the veterans anything. So as funding came in and I got our, we got our word out, more and more veterans started coming to us. So we're always looking for veterans you know, to, to grow. So uh, there's a phone number that they should call. If there's a veteran, or usually it's, it's a loved one mm-hmm. that, that's had enough. But a number to get started would be call 570-665-2483. 570-665-2483. And chances are Heather, who's our, one of our equine specialists, will answer the call and take it from there or call him back. And I'd like to mention that we do not share that information with anybody. I don't know anybody other than Phil here who's been through the program because he's volunteered himself to be known onto it, and he wants to come out and share his story.
4: Well, that was a perfect introduction. Let's bring Phil Hawthorne in here. Philip, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Now, this sounds like it's something that – again there's a need for and you found it how long ago did you get involved july of
2: 2018 is when i found it Um, happened by chance too and is more so word of mouth and uh, when i found the program i was in desperate need of uh, counseling i needed to get back to my family uh, so to speak because i was very distant with my family very argumentative with people. My family uh, didn't want to be around others. Um, what know. was your background? Well, I was uh, started out in the Army National Guard and uh, transferred into the Active Duty Air Force. And I was in the Gulf War in ninety-one, where I was injured. So I was injured in ninety-one, and uh, at that point, I fell into a, a very dark place. After I was injured, um, I couldn't do the job that I was assigned to do anymore. I was being medically retired because of the injuries. And I was at a very, very dark place. And in that dark place, I I fell into a uh, uh, a routine of alcohol, uh, prescription drugs. And that just drove me deeper and deeper into the depression that I was in, uh, until I met my wife. (laughs) My wife helped me get stabilized and get me off of the uh, you know the drugs and the alcohol, and so to speak, and and uh, was able to do a little better until um, later on I started drifting back into that depression
4: again. So and thank you for your service. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And it is uh, it's heartbreaking to know that somebody such as yourself and all the others who give to their country then have to sometimes deal with these things. So right. you got yourself to a point, And then how did you find out about this program? Well, <clears throat>
2: I found out um, through one of the counselors. I was at a graduation party and uh, I was just sitting there pretty much by myself. I don't really associate people then, um, but I knew her husband. I had met her husband at the gym and he's a veteran, so I, I can relate to veterans one-on-one more so than I can relate with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And he had talked to her a little bit in confidence, and he had told me about the program. So she came over and started talking to me at the party and uh, gave me the information that I needed to get started, and then that's when I got started. Now, at this point, I, I had lost my twin brother as well. I, I had an identical twin brother who had died uh, from a blood cancer, and I had buried him on Christmas Eve in 2008. So for 10 years, that just drove me into a deeper, deeper depression because he was my confidant. He was a veteran. He was a a Navy combat cameraman. He was in the Gulf War. He was in Bosnia. Um, So him and I were able to chat and get through things Mm -hmm. until I lost him. And then that's when that depression got deeper and deeper until I met this wonderful lady and her husband and gave me this information to to start my healing process.
4: So they give you the information about horses. Yes. And what's your first thought?
2: Well, I thought I was going to ride them, but no, <laughs> uh-uh. you don't ride the horses. No, you actually interact with the horses, so you're able to groom them, clean them, lead them by the halter, um, you know, around the arena. You're interacting with the horses the whole time the therapy is going on. The therapist is, the therapist is interacting with me one-on-one as well as me interacting with the horse. And what's neat about the horse a horse can tell when i'm getting upset so a horse will uh a a horse is a natural predator in their environment right so they are always alert they Hmm. can sense things they could sense a heartbeat from you and me apart they could sense my heartbeat so they know when my heart's getting racy they could tell when that memory was you know when we're working through the memory in the process where I'm getting elevated I'm starting to you know lose control a little bit and the horse will come over and nudge you get closer uh, you know put their nose under your arm or your hand to get them to how did you feel them. about that oh, it was
4: amazing have you ever been around horses before S-
2: a little bit but nothing to this point point. and uh, you know the horses have no name so there we have to name the horse when we first start to program so that we can develop a bond with that horse so every horse In this program has no name that we know of so we have to name that horse and so i named mine bucko because i'm a pittsburgh pirates fan and they're the buckos and uh so when bucko would sense that i was getting elevated my heartbeat was getting elevated she would just come over and nuzzle right up against me you know and just give me that calm and bring me back to the moment because that's what this therapy does it keeps you in the moment and it keeps you from drifting in the past and reh- rehashing those memories that are constantly bouncing around in your brain.
4: That must be such uh, – because I, I, I've i never been around horses. And for a horse to come over and all of a sudden I've got this head underneath my arm. Absolutely. It's so amazing. You went, Then you went home and you told your wife what?
2: Well, <clears throat> I told my wife that, you know, there's hope. I actually felt hope because I felt that there was a connection, not only between me and the therapist, but me and the horse, and the horse actually knew uh, what I was feeling, in a sense. So I felt hope. I actually, after the first session, I did. I went home, and I talked to my wife, and I said, you know, there, there's something here that I need to pursue further. So I continued to go back. I had 22 sessions before.
4: That was going to be my next question. How long does this go on?
2: I had 22 sessions. So I went from July through um, December. And I went a couple times after that, just kind of as a refresher to keep me, you know, make sure everything's still good. But uh, not only was I in the military, I was also on the Fleetville Fire Department for 12 years. So I had to work through some things through that as well. Like, suicide calls uh automobile wrecks motorcycle anything accidents, with children anything with children absolutely anything with children but you know you could see the the devastation and it just that stuff never goes away as well and that's why uh we're trying so hard at this point to get out into the community of first responders
4: mm-hmm.
2: fire police <clears throat> ambulance crews um you know uh emts that deal with this every day now. There's been some crisis uh, in the local community recently too with suicide. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we want to make sure that we can get the word out for
4: the first responders as well because this really does help. When you're when you were <clears throat> going through the therapy and with the horse, it, would it have been the same if it was a dog?
2: Not sure. I mean, they do have service animals for mm-hmm. veterans, right? And a friend of mine actually has one, and the dog does very well for him. Um, Him and the dog have bonded so well that he's able to get back out into society and to enjoy things again and to to enjoy his family as well. What happens with PTSD is you get very removed from wanting to be around people. Um, I would go to a Christmas party at my mother-in-law's, and I would sit there and not interact with anybody uh, be at birthday parties, whatever it may be. I wouldn't want I'd just sit there. I wouldn't want to sleep the whole time. I wouldn't want to interact with anybody. And after I went through this program, my mother-in-law was so thankful to this program that she gave a nice donation uh, to the program because she's like, you know, thank you for bringing him back. We're glad to have him back.
4: Were you able to interact with other veterans who were also going through the program at the same time? Did you kind of compare notes sometimes? No,
2: no? no you don't, because uh, the treatment is so private. It's so one-on-one that it, it, we don't want anyone else to really know who's going through the program because it is a private issue that people have to deal with. It's been such a stigma for years for people to even start treatment. I mean, it took me 26 years to even seek treatment um a long time and in those 26 years i had highs and lows and it was just terrible so for us to try to interact with others would not be good because everyone's at a different stage in their treatment you would you know if i'm finishing up the treatment i wouldn't want to give someone hope you know who is just starting the treatment and it may not work for them Mm -hmm. so everyone responds to treatment differently and they may have to go longer in 22 weeks they may go shorter than 22 weeks um, so for us to interact with others wouldn't be appropriate I don't think
4: so you're not you uh, you obviously don't have a horse that you can bring home that you can you know have that relationship so was there almost a transcending of that feeling of yes. bucko going with you
2: there's coping skills that are taught and it's a tapping skill And when we're going through the program, we have to tap alternately. So left, right, left, right, left, right, six times, no more than six times. And as you're doing that, you're supposed to think about the moment you had with the horse, right? So what happens when I'm I'm in a situation and I could feel my heart rate getting elevated, I could tap alternately and bring that horse into my mind, and that keeps me in the moment. Because what PTSD does is it actually puts you into the past, so to speak, and you think about and you dwell upon. So if I could bring the horse, which I know is in the moment that I trained with, keeps me grounded, then I will be able to get out of that fixation of
4: that memory. Philip, I am totally fascinated by the process (laughs) that you went through. And I just can't imagine you are such an outgoing guy that you were ever not such an outgoing guy. No. Congratulations. No, That's No, there has wonderful. been a time I wasn't. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, can, I, I assume that, but I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. Whatever, I, I'd love to meet Bucko, because I think she must have you right in the... Wow. Yeah. Well, let me bring Bruce back. Sure. Because, Bruce, after hearing Philip again, how can people get their loved ones... in order
1: to get in touch with you you can hear phil's story you can hear his emotion he's dying to come out and talk to people yes he he wants so the phone number i gave you before and i'll give you to again is 570-665-2483 contact that phone number through that phone number we'll get in touch with phil he'll get back in touch with you and he can arrange a time he's going to come out chances are he could probably talk for two hours whatever he's he is. He wants to do this so bad. You can hear it. This is therapy for him as well. And, oh. he, and he's new on our board, but he just wants to go out and share his success and his life getting back.
4: And you also have a website.
1: We have a website which is uh, yeah, equinesforfreedom.org, a Facebook page as well. So you can you know, go onto our Facebook page and find out some of the things that we're doing, and uh, also through the website you can donate, and we are also looking for volunteers. Uh, We're going to be doing some groundwork and stuff like that around the grounds and stuff. So, you know, we're not looking for people always to do the horses. They may be mucking stalls or something like that, but it's do groundwork. We have a lot of people who are horse people and want to come, but we can't always use them, but we can use workers. Mm -hmm. And we're starting a list of volunteers that in this summer will be working uh, uh, on Marley's Marley's grounds and our grounds there to to brighten them up and and make it cheaper for everybody, I guess, to keep their things going.
4: I want to learn more. Will you come back?
1: Anytime you want. absolutely,
4: And you'll bring Phil.
1: Uh, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stop him. <laughs> Not at all.
4: Once again, thanks to Bruce Spencer and Philip Hawthorne for joining us today on Special Edition with Equines for Freedom. You can find their website, equinesforfreedom.org, as well as more information on their Facebook page. Now don't go away. Scams, they're all around us. They get into our homes through our phones, through our computers. And we have someone here who's going to give us some good information about how not to get scammed next. Welcome back to Special Edition, and now we're going to talk about scams. You've heard about them. You've probably maybe even just hung up on one, because they come in all different ways, whether it's by our cell phone, by our house phone, by our computer, sometimes even through the mail. So how do you know when it's a scam, when it's not a scam, and what can you do about it? We're going to find out. Let's meet U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Pennsylvania, David Freed. He recently took part in a telephone discussion with residents from across the state of Pennsylvania. And here's what he found out about scams and also tells us something worth repeating. If you don't know who it is, don't answer. Always nice. To have you here to talk about safety, especially when it comes to people who are trying to scam or rob or do something. And this time, you went to the phones?
0: So we did. Uh, You know, as part of the Attorney General's Elder Justice Initiative, uh, we wanted to do some outreach uh, here in the Middle District. And we were able to partner with uh, AARP and do a telephone town hall and through the wonders of technology, you know, the technology that scammers use mm-hmm. to try to scam us, uh, we were able to reach uh, almost 10,000 people. Wow. Now, this was all over the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, but, but – uh, Just
4: in Pennsylvania, 10,000. Just in 10, Pennsylvania.
0: 000. Wow. And the people – you know, I know that there were people from uh, this region on the call because people would identify – Uh, where they were from. And it was a great opportunity, not only to to get the word out and to to help people be aware and vigilant of what's going on out there, but also to hear from the folks out there what's happening to them. Now, I had to chuckle because we did this uh, uh, town hall in in the afternoon, and I went back to the office, and, and, and about an hour later, I got a call from a number that I didn't recognize on my cell phone, and I didn't pick it up, which... We shouldn't if we don't recognize the number. That's what we have voicemail for. Uh, If it's that important, they can leave a message and and, and we can get back uh, to whoever's calling uh, and the message was left, and the message was that my Social Security benefits were going to be suspended no. uh, if I didn't uh, press a key or or, or call this number the back. The
4: U.S. attorney for yes. the Middle District of Pennsylvania got scammed? The,
0: the, attempted. Attempted. Attempted scam. The same day uh, <laughs> that we did the outreach to, to folks about it. So it's not just older folks, uh, but what we found is that they can be, you, you know, our, our older friends and neighbors and parents – uh, can be you know particularly vulnerable to some of these scams. So I think it's important for us to get out there and talk about it.
4: That was the first thing then that people talked about was not answering calls that they don't know. What right. else did they learn?
0: So what we need to remember, what everybody needs to remember, is that there's no federal agency that's going to call you on the telephone, uh, whether it's the IRS, that's a common scam, or Social Security, uh, they are not going to call you on the telephone uh, and indicate that you owe money or or that you have to respond or your benefits will be suspended. Or they're Coming to get you, or they're coming to get you. That's <laughs> not going to happen. We, we have ways to do that, and calling people on the phones uh, is is not one of them. Um, and and you know, generally, people are using technology, they're using emails and 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 your your phones to try to uh, get you on board to get your information. So we're seeing the Social Security scams. Mm-hmm. IRS scams are common. Lottery phone scams where where people will be called uh, and the caller will say, you know, you've won a lottery jackpot uh, in order to collect it. You need to send uh, us, you know, $500 uh, for incidental costs. Uh, and, you know, we've seen situations where people will use, you know, the names of legitimate uh, Businesses or sweepstakes, you know, in particular, publishers clearinghouse. Oh yeah, that's where they will will say they're from, uh, and we have to be very vigilant about those. You know, one that that uh, hit home in particular, and I know this has happened uh, all over uh, this district uh, at two points uh, for people connected with me. One was a good family friend, and one was my aunt uh, who and and. I got a call uh, from her husband, uh, and they were in Florida, uh, and they're uh, older folks, and uh, her husband called me and said, you need to call your Aunt Gail right now. She is on her way to the bank to transfer money to someone who called because they called and said that uh, you know, your cousin uh, uh, was in a fight, and uh. he was arrested and in jail, and, he, and they need money in order to, uh. to, to get him out. Now, the story was somewhat plausible because uh, this is a younger cousin of mine. They had his name. Uh, he's a great kid, but the story was he was at a wedding in Buffalo, New York, and something happened after the wedding. They we had all know his name. They had his name and all his details, and they knew to call his grandmother wow. to try to get this money, and it was so believable. And, and this, is, this is an educated uh, woman you know, lives in Florida, uh, very comfortable living, and uh, she was going to do it because she was worried about her grandson. Now, luckily, her, her husband was smart enough to, to call, but she wouldn't listen to him. So he called you know, the nephew who's the U.S. attorney and said, you better get your aunt on the phone. Uh, and we got her to stop. And as it turns out, then a couple minutes later, uh, we got a hold of my cousin. He was alive and well, and and working at it. Work, work, and had not been in <laughs> Buffalo and was working at his job in, in Philadelphia. So uh, it it happens, and, wow. and it's indiscriminate. So we got to be very careful about those because the the amount of information that's out there about you and me. Mm. You know, if you're making online purchases, which many of us do, if you're signing up for things, uh, in 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 some places, driver's license information is sold or credit information is sold. Uh, there's so much information out there that you know wily criminals will put that information together and use it to try to take advantage. Well, it, everybody
4: has a website. The IRS has a website. The Social Security Administration has a website. Everybody has a website that re, that asks for your information. So hmm. right,
0: and we expect that. Yeah. Uh, so in order to do business, in order to to frankly function uh, in 2020. You know We have to participate uh, uh, in, in those sorts of things, but we've got to be very careful uh, with making sure that the, the entities that we're giving our information to are, are legitimate uh, and that as much as we possibly can, we're protecting our personal information. And that means, you know, as we said at the outset, if you don't recognize the number that's calling you, don't pick up the phone. Let them leave a message. Do not give out personally identifying information over the phone. Don't give your credit card number mm. over the phone. Don't give your social security number over the phone. Don't give banking information over the phone.
4: Well, it's, it's even kind of safe to say that if somebody is calling you, you didn't look for that. But the thing is now, the new thing is, all these calls that we keep getting about electric use. I'm calling from so-and-so and... What about things like that?
0: So it's one one of the things that 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 I was most struck by uh, in in our in our town hall, and it was actually a great back and forth. There was an FBI agent with me, oh. representative from AARP, and myself, and and the folks that were calling in. You, you know, there's there's a significant level of dissatisfaction out there, and I think it's legitimate uh, about really the limits of our Do Not Call programs. Yes, you know, they're fine to a point, but the people who want to take advantage of others are always trying to find a way around it. You know, frankly, the, the technology companies and the communications companies that are, are facilitating uh, these kind of calls, I think, need to be held to account. And, and, and I know that uh, that's a priority for the department. I know there's legislation uh, pending on that issue. And, and really, that's the difference that we can all make uh, I made sure to reach out to the staffs of both of our United States senators after the call. Now, I'm sure they're well-versed in this, but I wanted them to know, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate I have the advantage that I have relationships with the staffs of both of our great senators, and I can reach out and say, hey, heads up, I just did this call with <laughs> 10,000 Pennsylvanians, uh, and, and people are really concerned that they sign up for these do-not-call lists and they don't work. Yeah. Now, um One thing, a a nice advantage that we have in Pennsylvania that I'm not sure every other state has is our attorney general's office. So the state attorney general's office Mm -hmm. has a consumer protection bureau. Yes, And that really is a good place to take these kind of complaints. Because if you're signed up for the do not call list and you're still getting calls, well, that's not necessarily in my world. That's annoying. It's annoying to me as a consumer. It's not necessarily a crime. It is a consumer protection issue. Uh, And the Attorney General of Pennsylvania has an entire section uh, that works on that. They are well-versed in these kind of complaints, and that's where those complaints need to go. But it's very frustrating.
4: Well, I have a husband at home who, when he does happen to fall into one of these, it's the Attorney General's Office of Consumer Protection number that he rattles off to them. Here, call this number, and you'll be able to get it. He gives them the number. But there are, I guess, you would think... I don't know. Do you think by now that people would know better?
0: I think the scams get more and more sophisticated. Oh. And, and and when the, the 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 criminals are using information that they've gleaned from somewhere and there's there's always a new uh, a, a new scam. There, there's a new method. Uh, and you know, it might be something that's going on. Uh, in the region. Like, let's say there was flooding uh, in the region. right? Uh, you know, there'll be scams around that. Let's say there was a bad hailstorm and a lot of hail damage. There'll be scams around that. So you, you we've all got to be very careful uh, about anyone, frankly, who's coming to us uh, unsolicited unwarranted and trying to get our personal information.
4: And was most of the calls that you were dealing with just about telephone, was there email included? Was there um, even some people coming to the door? You know, you hear about that as well. So was all that a mix of this?
0: So uh, definitely on uh, the email side. Uh, and, And that's one uh, that we you know we're particularly concerned about because I mean just just follow the national news oh you know you, you see and you know we're still talking years later about election interference and hacking. Uh, and the way that that, that starts is, is, is a phishing email, an email that might seem to be about another subject. And so we did hear uh, a few uh, people recounting issues of receiving emails and responding to, to these emails. And sometimes the scariest thing about email is sometimes your information uh, could be getting stolen and you don't even know it. You know, wow. j- just because you responded to something on an email or, or clicked a preference, that could put a virus on your computer. Uh, and your information could, could, could be stolen. So you need to be very careful about that. And then yeah, and that's not just, and I know I don't want to alarm people too much. It's right. not just from receiving the email. You have to take an action or provide some sort of information in order for that to work.
4: So it's almost like the same thing that you say about the phone. If you don't know where it came from, don't open it. Just
0: delete. Absolutely. Yeah, just just hit delete, uh, and, and it'll be gone. And if you think about it, uh, it's it's whether somebody's coming to your door... Or using, uh, or calling your house phone, or calling your cell phone, or sending you an email, or sending you a text message, an unsolicited text message. How often does that happen? Right, all the time. Uh, It's just a different method of trying to do the same thing, which is to take advantage of you.
4: And everybody's trying to get in. They're all. It's like you said. It might not be physical, but they're all trying to get in in different ways Mm -hmm. when we're talking about the whole idea of hanging up and the do not call list and all these other types of things are there things that people could say could respond or is not responding the best way to do it
0: so my first suggestion would be don't even pick up um if you do respond and you get on the phone with somebody say uh I'm on a do not call list, say, take me off of your call list. And what
4: happens there?
0: Well, they should take you they off should. Uh, if they're legitimate. Uh, if they're not, well, they'll keep calling you back, but then you'll know. And if you keep getting these harassing calls, uh, that's number one a place to go to the Attorney General's Office uh, Consumer Protection. Now, we had one person call in uh, who recounted, gosh, I'm not sure, you know, 30 calls over the course of a couple of days. And... When that happens, and 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 if you've communicated, uh, you know, I do not want to receive your calls." When the calls keep coming with that um, that frequency, that's the sort of thing where you can call your local police and say, "I am absolutely being harassed uh, by this." Now, uh, I caution that you want to make sure if that situation is going on, uh, even if you have a little pad by the phone, keep a little log. Of when those calls have come in. You know, I've got 12 calls over the course of four hours.
3: Wow. Or something like that. You
0: know, document that uh, because that's something a local police department might be able to help out with. Uh, You know, there are some, uh, the AARP has amazing resources. uh, And I'm I'm not a paid spokesperson for the (laughs) AARP, but they have a list of numbers uh, that you can call and hotline numbers. Uh, The FBI, Uh, has a a hotline number that's 1 800 call FBI. Uh, there's a victim connect hotline, uh, 855 484 2846. Uh, you know, so there are a lot of resources out there for people uh, who are willing to take advantage of them. Now, what we've seen, and it's understandable, is that sometimes when people are scammed, they're embarrassed, right? They're ashamed. They, Especially
4: if you lose money.
0: Right. And they don't want to come forward mm-hmm. uh, and, and talk about it. And we understand that. And that's what you know the hotlines are for. But the fact is, uh, it's unfortunate if it happens. But the more information we have, the better chance we have of getting to the bottom of it and making sure that somebody else doesn't get victimized. So uh, one of the messages that we wanted to convey in the call and that I want to convey every time I talk about this is uh, if it has happened to you, you are not nearly alone. Uh, this happens all the time to people who are quite sophisticated uh, because the criminals have gotten more sophisticated as well
4: yeah and uh, as far as all the information from the call, do you have a place on uh, the u s attorney's site that uh, people would be able to uh, click on and
0: yeah on our website all this information is there uh, the victim hotline numbers are there uh, and and uh, you know to the extent that that uh, people need to call. They can call those hotlines. There are a lot of resources out there.
4: Yeah, just make sure that you, uh, you're you doing the calling. They're not calling you.
0: Right. The IRS and Social Security are not going to be calling you. Say that again. The IRS and Social Security are not going to be calling you demanding money. Uh, federal government agencies and employees do not ask people to send money for prizes or unpaid loans, or they don't ask people to wire money, use a prepaid debt card or a gift card, ever. What? Ever. One more time. That never happens.
4: Thanks again to U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Pennsylvania, David Freed, for once again joining us with good information on keeping us safe, this time looking at scams. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities
1: shaping the stories, a production of Intercom Communications.